Welcome to the Take 30 Podcast for March 2019. I'm your host, Stephen Guerra, and Justin Romack and I have compiled the most amazing lineup for your listening pleasure. Leading off is Darnell Booker from the Indie Thunder. Next up is Richie Schultz from the Chicago Comets, straight from the batting cage. Next up, and batting third, is Ronald Jordan from the Tyler Tigers. And batting cleanup, and in our player spotlight, is Hillary Oswald from the BCS Outlaws. So without further ado, batter up. Take it away, Justin. Thanks a lot, Steve. I am really excited to be sitting down today with the general manager, coach, backup pitcher of the three-time championship, Indy Thunder. They're coming back for a fourth title this year. Darnell Booker, who is also the second vice president and public relations chair of the National League Baseball Association. Darnell, it's a pleasure to have you today, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you bet, man. What is it like to have had three championship titles back-to-back? What, what is that feeling knowing that you have the third one? What is the feeling knowing that you want a fourth one? That's amazing. Uh, I tell you. I, I, in my wildest dreams, I never would have thought this would happen. I mean, I was just searching for one title, let alone three. So I'm, I feel that uh, I'm pretty blessed and pretty fortunate. I feel like our team is very blessed and very fortunate to be in this position that we're in. It uh, comes from a lot of hard work and dedication. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, I would imagine, an enormous amount of pressure to follow up the previous year. How do you all rise to the occasion and, and address that pressure? Well, the first thing uh, we start with, uh, we have a mindset here. I think after the 2015 season when we finished eighth and then we added some key pieces, you know, with our pitcher being Jared, you know, we and then then, uh, with with some young youth talent that got that experience in 2013, 2014, and 2015, these these kids, uh, even though we have uh, a mixture of youth and adults on our team, but the young kids got a lot of experience in um, 13, 14, and 15 at the World Series level and everything. So by make, by adding some key pieces to our team in 16 and keeping our core of our youth, I think that served us quite well. And then it's like um, we said, I mean, I've set a mindset here in Indy about the culture. It's about culture. That's the key word. How we Everybody buys in and try to accept their role. It's, it's easier said than done, but – we try to uh, instill that in our players. There's a culture, there's a mindset here in Indy, and then there's, you know, buying into your role. You know, you said the big word that sticks out to me is experience. How big is experience to you when you look at playing meaningful games on Friday and then playing into Saturday? How big is that experience? Experience is huge. I mean, um, and also what's really, really huge is how you prepare how you prepare your team, you know, from the beginning of the season until you get to the World Series and when you have regional tournaments. But the key word is how you prepare preparation. You do all that preparation starting in as we start in January, leading all the way up until the World Series. So it's, it's situational beatball, I call it, in practice where you put your team in various situations, and then you hope it translates over to actual playing the game. Do you remember that first championship game? What were you feeling like? What was going on in your head? Uh, a lot of nerves. I tell you, the night before, you know, we we had, and in 2016, I go back, it was really hard. To, when we knew we made it to Saturday, and um, 
you know, I know I couldn't sleep as as a coach. I mean, I'm sure the players were, you know, I don't know how they were feeling, but I'm sure as a, I, me, I was feeling I was tossing a turnover. Okay, which button do I push? You know, uh, certain situations, and have we done enough to have we have we prepared? There's a difference between preparing and over preparing. Mm. So um, I said, had I done enough? Is this you know, once we get here, can we close the deal? So a lot of those things were going through my mind, and then. Once the players um, took to the field and and we and I, and I talked to our coaches and we made the right decision as far as who we're going to start and what positions we're going to put them into, we always put our players in a, a good position to try and when we, we coach them up and we put them in the right position for them to succeed on the field. And it's up to them to go out and execute what we've prepared for and go out there and, and try and get the, get the job done. And I will tip my cap to any team that is better than us on that day because it means we're going to, if we're going to fall short, then it's because the other team was a little bit better than us on that particular day. I just felt like 2016, we did a lot of preparation and, and we did a lot of, um, like I said, situational beat baseball in practice. So that prepared us to propel in 2016. And I tell you, after it was all said and done, it was like, Indianapolis hadn't had a championship since 1990, and I was a part of that team with the with the team called the Indianapolis Eagles. So it had been a long time in between drinks from 1990 to 2016. Well, I'll tell you, one of my very favorite pictures that I, I refer back to with beat baseball over the last year is that final out where Eric is just hoisting that ball high. Man, you want to talk about strength and power and determination and accomplishment. What is it like clinching that last out? Like, what are you feeling when you see your guys holding up that ball or connecting with the ball, whatever it may be? What is it? What does it feel like as a coach to know that the, the battle is over? Well, I figure it's because I, I hey, it's blood, sweat, and tears that these guys, all these players, our coaches, you know, all our pitchers, our spotters. We put in the work, man, and we put in the work starting in January, you know, and and we it's just like, okay, we execute. We put them in, again, I keep saying this over again, we put them in game situations. How that carry over to the field, and then believe me, once I saw Eric making that last out, I knew all the hard work he had put in and all our team has put in, it pays off. You know, we don't do anything – crazy or anything like that we just work hard we're a blue collar team we work hard yeah we have a lot of talent and we have a lot of you know a lot of hard workers but we know on any given day we can be beat and uh and i take and i always keep our i remind our team about that and it's just you know it's very humbling to know that you know i may not i mean it's not about the X's and the O's, it's, it's, you know, it's about the Jimmy's and the Joe's, but it's also about motivation and keeping your team hungry. And that's what I do as a coach. Talk to me a little bit about how you found Beat Baseball and what it's looked like for you in your life. Uh, 1985, I was on the stage um, uh, over at the blind school. And uh, Jan Trapagan, first vice president, uh, I guess she had came to a couple of my events when I was in lots of sports at the school and saw me on the stage and pulled me off the stage and said, hey, I want to introduce you to a sport. So I was introduced to beat baseball in 1985 uh, off the stage that summer. I didn't know what this was, game was going to do for me, but, you know, I believe me, I started playing in 85, bumps and bruises, 
hard work, tears, practice. My first World Series was in 1987 in Ithaca, New York. And believe me, it's called Welcome to the NBBA. We really got got it handed to us as a team, as the Indianapolis Eagles. That was Jan's team. And then, uh, and then lo and behold, three years later, we win a title. I mean, that we only practiced back then two days a week, you know, and we didn't, we didn't have practices like we do now. Like we didn't, we started like right in May or June and we didn't have any regional tournaments. We just started practicing May and June. And, and then, uh, so I've been in playing beatball. I played beatball competitively from like 85 to 97. And then, um, I just contemplated and I like, cause Jan had to leave Indy to her job, moved her to, uh, Michigan to uh so right at then the, the team had broken up and we had been teaming up with various teams around indy and chicago so i'm like well i'm gonna bring beatball back on the map for indianapolis so uh i was just contemplating on starting a team so 1999 we had a recreational team and i named the team the indy thunder then 2000 we put the team together then 2001 we joined the nbba and as they say, the rest is history. And our first regional tournament was also in 2001. And uh, we hadn't missed the World Series since 2004. Uh, but uh, every, and just a little nugget here, the stats, I mean, we've, and the Indy Thunder before this huge turnaround in 2016, we hadn't, we, we, we were, we were a top 10 team all those years, except for 2011, when we made a transition of, of, players and everything so from 2004 to like 2011 we were always in the top 10 in 2011 we finished 12th which the world series was here in indianapolis and then after that we've been in the top 10 ever since and then 2016 we became champions but my goals were to have a team have a world series in indianapolis and be a world champion and i'm so thrilled to say that i've accomplished all that here's the deal you and I both know that whether it's on the battlefield or in the boardroom, we're doing a lot to to make this thing move, right? Why do you think beatball is so important? Why do you think why do you think kids, why do you think um young adults, why do you think people should get involved with this sport? What does it mean to you? It means to me, first of all, sports is you know, beatball is a sport and it brings camaraderie, it brings it brings it shows youth how to be, how to work together, how to, how to, it has, teaches them life lesson skills, whether it be getting along with one another, you know, going on the road with each other, uh, you know, living, to, you know, living together, being a family, uh, teaching you how to do teamwork and building and, and confidence and camaraderie and being a part of a team, all those things are very positive for beat baseball and that's you know that's what we that's what i try to instill in my young players and even some of the adults too that you know this sport can can help you with you know maybe opening doors for you if you're an adult trying to get a job get a lead or something like that just helping you with everyday life and i think that's what's that's what i'm really really proud of about beat baseball that's what has taught me to when i you know i was going to college and also working but also it gave me an escape to to still be involved in a sport that i can call a sport that is really really important to me because obviously i can eat sleep and drink beat ball and that's what i do now and that's what it, that's what i hope that's what i hope it continues to do now and into the future 
Speaking of the future, what is the future of the Indie Thunder? What what do you know you all need to work on in this this current season? What what are you all what are you all doing to to be an even better powerhouse going into Tulsa? I just say just honing our skills because we know um we're going to get everybody's best shot. We we have the big target on our back and we always have the big target on our back and we we and what what really helps our team is we have competitive practices because we have you know uh 15 16 players so we have a the you know the great team against the blue team so and we we like i said we know that we have to keep um we we don't we put 2018 is in the books now. We don't relive that anymore. We focus on 2019, and we know teams are getting better around the league, and we know teams are getting young talent. Our teams are putting together a team that's that's you know trying to get what we have. And like I said, we're not going to give it back. The only way we're going to give it back is somebody actually beat us. We're not going to beat ourselves. Man, I like it. And, and looking forward to the future, too, you know, the NBBA, this league, it's it's going places. Where do you think beat baseball is going to be in five years? And what do you think it's going to take us to, to get it there? It's going to take a team effort from the board of directors and for the General Assembly itself. But I see the board in five to 10 years with all the new blood and new ideas coming into the league and, and, and adding to the board. We eventually in five to 10 years, I hope we are on TV uh, on a, on a ESPN or FS1 or or what have you, we need to have our game showcased on television. And that's where I hope it will be in the next five or 10 years. What is something, what is a piece of advice you'd offer up to a young player or a young team? What is the ingredient to success? How do you get to Saturday morning? What I would offer up to a young team and a team that's almost there is, A, you got to have, it's a process, it's a process. You gotta, you gotta have patience. You gotta have, you gotta have good um, leadership on and off the field. That even you gotta have from the top to the bottom, whether on your board of directors or whatever off the field, and even on the field, you gotta have everybody pulling in the same direction. Everybody pulling from one another, and and players buying in. I keep saying it again players accepting their roles and and you know everybody in general so when you have that you know sure you're going to have some some ups and downs a little bit but stay together i always tell them don't let go of that rope stay together and when you do that you know you'll be pretty successful as a team that was Darnell Booker with the Indy Thunder. Thanks so much, Darnell, for your time. Thanks so much for what you're doing there in the Indy area. We're excited to see you all in the Thunder in Tulsa. Hey, I'm going to kick it over to Stephen Guerra, who has got a conversation with Richie Schultz with the Chicago Comets. They're taking some BP in some local batting cages. What you got for us, Steve? Hi, everybody. This is Steve from Take 30 Podcast. I'm with Richie Schultz from the Chicago Comets. Richie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Steve. You're welcome. So tell us, you're, you guys are doing an indoor batting practice today. Where are you guys in the Chicagoland area? We're in the uh, south suburbs, kind of, uh, the Bedford Park area. Um, most people aren't going to know it, probably who listen. It's kind of by the Bridgeview, um, just, just south southwest suburbs, we'll say. H- have you guys been using this facility for quite some time, or is this a new facility for you? Oh, no. they've been. Uh, we've been using it for quite some time. Um, as long as I can remember, I've been playing since 2007 myself. So 
um, with the Chicago Comets. So um, the, we've been using it as as long as I've been uh, around them. So and I, as long as, as well as our guys, are definitely thankful that this facility allows us uh, line drive and batting cage allows us to um, partake in this facility. So. So do you guys have a, in, in just in my experiences with using a batting cage, do you generally use a batting cage with no pitching machine in it? Or have you guys uh, modernized the technology where you can have a pitching machine pitch or beat baseball? No, we don't um, have it, the pitching machine um, do it. So what we do is we have um, stations. Um, so, for example, um, we'll have a, a parachute that we put on a bat and we'll have someone, uh, we'll have some of our guys swing. I'm um, using the parachute. We'll have a heavy bat and we'll have coach adjust our techniques, maybe uh, have us do different swings. Um, and then what happens is um, we have in the other cage, Nick and Chad, who are our uh, pitchers will pitch to us as well. So we, we hit off them. Last year at the uh, wool game, Chad's daughter was pitching. Live and is she doing any pitching for you guys at this point? Yeah, she does. Um, she started last year. Um, I believe Indiana was her first time in the mound, and then um, she might have had some time. I'm not sure on the mound in Bolingbrook, and then she had some time at the World Series where she uh, threw uh, to a couple people. So yeah, her as well as Miguel are definitely going live. Um, starting uh, last year, they did so they're definitely up uh, upcoming pitchers. And we definitely uh, look forward to their progress um, on the team as well. So, building on your success from 2018, what are you guys? What are you guys hoping for for 2019? And what have you done to prepare yourselves for the upcoming season? Since you guys travel to a lot of tournaments. Um. Well, <laughs> building on our stagnancy <laughs> from from remaining in the same place. Um, from last year, um, what we hope to build, um, I believe this year is, as, as I always tell people, we're, we're not getting any younger. Um, there's so much that you can exercise and you can do to your body, but, but, but unfortunately time waits for no man and it's gonna take its toll on you and it's gonna, um, hold you back. So, um, we're trying to get younger people. So for example, we have, you know, Alex as one of our younger people. We have a couple of new people right now in the workings. Um, as I mentioned previously, they're coming right now in an Uber, three of them. Um, um, so we're definitely working on that. And so that's going to be speaking of Evie, sorry to jump, jump on you. She's actually pitching right now, but, uh, um, we're definitely um, working on younger talent and we're seeing where that leads. Um, obviously, you know, hopefully one day we'll have enough good talent, you know, where I and some of the other starters can sit on a bench and, and enjoy from the sidelines. So you talked about the parachute on the bat in the batting cage and the other cage being where the pitchers are pitching to the players. Do you guys use traditionally dead balls during your batting practice or tell us more about more specific of the drills, like the parachute on a bat so people can understand that a little bit better. So what about uh, a bat shoot is, is that you can buy them, I presume at like a sports authority and you, it's a, it's like a little parachute and you attach it to the end of a bat to the barrel um, and you um, tie it down. And so what you can do is when you swing, um, it creates a resistance, um, almost like a heavy bat, but a little bit more of a realistic, like, you know, the wind pool resistance. Um, 
And so you have to obviously keep your swing level, keep it the way that you normally do. But then when you get on, when you swing off a real pitch, um, it's a lot lighter to bat in your hand. That's Richie Schultz with the Chicago Comets. Thanks a lot for that piece, Steve. We are going to head on down to Texas, Athens, Texas, in fact. And we're going to meet with a hard-hitting slugger from the Tyler Tigers. He's muscled up twice over the last two World Series tournaments. Two home runs, that's right. We are talking with none other than the powerhouse, Ron Jordan, who propelled the offense of the Tyler Tigers this past season. Ron, thanks for being here, man. Definitely, man. Ron, you've been around the game for a couple of years. I'm curious, man, how did you get started in this game? Why beat baseball? Honestly, I got started, you know, at Horizon Industry and then Tyler. Um, you know, really just started working. And then I met old Larry Reed, which I know everybody knows him. You know, so um, I just seen him out there working out, you know, just working out. And I always loved it. Like, I'm more of a guy like as, you know, because of the visual the visual issues that we have. That I say we because I speak for everyone on this one, I think. You know, that people don't, you know, allow us to, well, they say we can't do anything. And so, you know. I'm like, I see him doing this, working out, doing everything. I'm like, wow, this is pretty neat. You know, I'm just watching him. And then, you know, it took me about, I want to say about maybe a year or two for me to even actually work up the nerves to be like, hey, you know what, um, Larry, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if I can get out there and work out with you. Because usually I just sit there on the table and I just watch him work out. And once I did that, I guess that, that triggered something in him. Because then he started thinking about, when he started telling me about beat ball, well, beat ball and, really the breast cancer event. You know, and I was like, okay, cool. You know, and I told him I would come. That's one thing about me. I'm definitely a man of my word. So I showed up. I seen him make a long story short. I showed up. I seen him hit the ball. I seen him run. And I seen him tackle that base like he was a football player. I was like, wow, I'm definitely hooked because that's everything I love. You know, only thing is baseball, I never didn't really pay attention to. I didn't really know. But when I seen him hit that base tackle, I'm like, oh, okay, I can do that. That's really how I really honestly started. I seen that and I was like, wow, I want to do this. Were sports a big part of your life as a kid, man? Did you play sports growing up? I did, but, you know, it wasn't like, you know, of course they wouldn't let me play football. I'm pretty sure I would have been pretty good in that. Um, so I did I did wrestling before. I did um, taekwondo, um, jujitsu. Um, I boxed around with trainers, you know, but um, what else have I done? I done, you know, done, like I say, Basically, that's about it, really. Honestly, I'm really, I love the physical sports. Tell me a little bit about what your vision was like as a kid. What was it like growing up with a visual disability? Well, you know, especially growing up, you know, you're going to have kids that want to metal, pick at you and all that. Like, man, it's been so bad to where, like, I'm, you know, trying to read a book and some guy would come and someone would come and just push my head into the book real hard and everybody would get a good laugh. You know, it's one of those things, you know, it's like, you know, it came to a point to where, like, honestly, literally, like, I have anxiety. Like, it, I really don't like, this, this is funny, I really don't like talking to people because my, like, my childhood is so, so torn because of the, the, the bullying and all of that. That right there growing up, that, that, it's, that, was, huh, that was rough for me. I think that's the reason why I'm the way I am now. If you say I can't do anything, oh, I'm going to try my best to do it. You know, man, kids can be really, really cruel, and it can be hard when you're growing up with a disability. And it sounds like you've had to face adversity throughout your life. What keeps you going? What keeps you moving? What keeps your head up and keeps your gaze forward? You know, I'm put here on this earth, and 
whatever I got to do, I'm going to do it just to survive. So I mean, my motivation was like, really, I took my motivation as people tell me what I couldn't and can't do. That keeps me going to this day for, honestly, to be honest with you. When people saying I can't do, oh, my goodness, I don't know why you did that. That made my day. That's green light. That's great motivation. You know, that's like, you know, in brief words, best motivation speech to me is being like, tell me what I can't do. And here I come. Man, you went from playing some pretty physical sports to losing a lot of your eyesight and now playing some beat baseball. How did you get so good? How did you get so strong? How do you move the bat the way you do, man? Larry Reed, he stays on my butt. Like, if we're not talking games, we're working out. Or, we're doing, he's, we, I got to be doing something. I can't sit still. I, I mean, I can't just not be doing nothing without him. He'll call me. So definitely just me getting a base to a point where I just keep a bat in my hand and I just swing it. Like right, right now, as I'm talking to you, I'm actually doing the motion of swinging. That's just how competitive, that's how we do it. That's like, that's honest, the, the truth. And another one too is, um, you know, natural countryness. You know, you got a little, you know, a little, little muscle. Now I'm a lot more stronger, I'll give you that, than what I was when I first started. You know, working out with old Larry Reed and doing all that. But honestly, like, that's the honest truth. Like, I, I thought I could be able to tell you the answer to that one because, to me, it's just natural. I mean, like, I just swing it and I just get the ball and I'm just going to run. <laughs> Hopefully, I don't miss the base. Man, when you connect with that ball, do you have any idea that it's it's gone? Do you know that you're hitting bombs when you connect with the ball? Honestly, no. And that's the thing. That's like, only I can tell you when I hit it. I can tell you I get a good solid hit. You know, I can feel those, but they don't feel like they're going far to me, honestly. And I think, you know, it's two reasons why I run the way I run. Number one, because I love the way that Larry Reed ran. But it's, it comes natural. When I hit the ball, I guess I can tell by the burst of energy that I get. Because the adrenaline is right when I make the contact, and I just love running. I just, I'll just run to that base, and depends on how I feel. You know, I might give me a nice little tackle and roll about, give me about two, two, two good flips. You know, and then I stand up like, well, at least I run hard just for one point. Now, if I get two, it's a bonus. So, you know, that right there, like I say, is that's right. I don't really, I don't really try to hit home runs. It just happens. And I just run with it. And, you know, I, I play the game like I was taught to play one point at a time. And if we get two, you know, <laughs> the more the merrier. <laughs> what are you telling yourself when you step into the box, man? What's going through your head? Most of the time, I'm just in there in the zone. I'm just like Undertaker. I'm just in that zone. I'm not focusing on anything but my pitcher, Elsie. Waiting for him to say, say ready, ball. And basically, I'm just in my little, my little zone. I call it the Undertaker. I'm in my little Undertaker zone. I'm just in there, just calm, relaxed, and I'm just going to swing. And where, where my excitement comes in is after I hit and I run to the bases. That's that's why that's the part that I believe is cool on. Like I like that part. The hitting that's the thing. It's like yeah, I'm hitting the ball. Cool. I just like running. <laughs> that's as honest truth. Man, you got this this power bat. You've got a team that's jumping up the standings. What are you and the Tigers gonna do in 2019 to keep that momentum going? To keep that energy rolling? That's a good question, and that's actually real easy for us. That's just, that's just what we do. It ain't nothing changed. We stay with the little training that we do. And our team, what I love about our team, I'm not knocking any other teams. I'm just going to speak for mine. Our team, man, our family bond is so strong that we're, you know, if you're, on a team, if you're with your family, you're going to give it all you got no matter what. No matter if you may miss a base. You may do something. Of course, of course your family going to get on you, but it ain't going to be bad. It's going to be cool. But 
comparing that to, let's say, another team, period. You know, they're not going to, you know, some teams run that team, or different teams, you know, they, they run it differently. So if you miss something, they're going to go off on you or whatever. Now, that's going to throw you off game, not us. We, If you mess up, yeah, we're going to get you. But, but we ain't got time for that right now. We just need you to focus, focus, focus. And what we tell everybody is, that, hey, you know, our teams are spread out. We tell them, you know, practice, 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 lift ways to do this, stay in shape. Because if you're not, we're going to find out about it anyway. Because, you know, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to show when you're on the field. So basically, I mean, that's really what we do. You know, not saying too much or anything else, but that's really what we do. We just really work on it, work out, work out, work out. And, you know, don't lie to, you, don't lie to your family because the only thing you're doing is lying to yourself. So, you know, we just, if you say you worked out, well, we're going to see. And that's just really what we do right here. And we just, when we stay on it. I mean, it's showing. Yeah, it is, man, for sure. You know, you talk a lot about family, and I've seen a lot from the Tigers. I know a lot about your squad, and I've seen y'all out on the field. I've seen you off the field. And I think a lot of this family comes from the influence of Larry and Rosie Reed. Talk to me a little bit about their influence on you and your life. Larry and Rosie, let me tell you, I was not heading in the right direction. We're just going to leave it like that. I was not heading in the right direction. I was more of a confrontational type of guy. I didn't care. I just had something to prove. I was all, oh, it wasn't going to be nothing good. So I met Larry Reed and Mama Rose. They set me down. And Larry, first thing is, I don't care. You crazy. You crazy. I'm crazy, too. You know, it's going to be always be somebody crazier than you, somebody bigger and better than you. But what I'm trying to do and tell you, you got a family. You got your kids. You got to look out. You got to. You got to figure out and take all that badness. All, all, all. You got to take all that and put it somewhere for good. And really, goodness started from jobs. Just working. Just holding a job. You know. And, you know. If it wasn't for Larry and Larry Reed and, and Mama Rose, I wouldn't be working on buying a house like I'm doing right now. If you had a slogan for your life that you could slap on a bumper sticker, just something that you could say that sums up the way you're living, the way you're grinding, what would that saying be? It would be like this. Okay, life always throws a hardball, but it's up to you just to keep on swinging. Ron, those are powerful words. They're true. Spoken like a professional. Man, I thank you so much for your time, and I thank you so much for the energy and excitement you bring to the game. I mean, watching you muscle up, drop bombs on the field, man, it's inspiring, and I think a lot of people are excited about what you're doing. Very best to you and the Tigers as you all prep for the upcoming season. Thank you so much. Hey, if you aren't subscribed to this podcast, you are going to miss something. We don't want you to miss a single second of it. We are on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Podcasts. You can find us everywhere. Make sure you are subscribed to the show so you don't miss anything. Like this next piece from our Player Spotlight of the Month for March, Ms. Hillary Oswald who is helping grow the young offense of the BCS Outlaws at O'Brien College Station, Texas. Hillary is a friend, a teammate, a leader, someone I look up to and love sharing the field with. Hillary, I really appreciate your time, and I'm glad you're here today. Well, thank you. I'm honored to be a part of it. I want to know how you got started in beat baseball. What got you out there on the field for the very first time, and why did you stick with it? Well, um, I've always played sports. I ran cross country and track in high school and was pretty competitive with all of that. And when I got to college, I, you know, didn't really have anything to do anymore. Um, and so my VR counselor actually contacted me and asked if I never heard of beat baseball. 
and if I would want to try it out. And so I came out to a, a couple practices and it seemed pretty cool. It was interesting. It was nothing I'd ever done before. I never played softball as a kid or anything, but it seemed really competitive. So right up my alley. So I um, joined my freshman year of college and our team has just kind of grown as like a tight knit family. And it's, it's just a lot of fun. You have come a long way since you first started in the game. What would you say has been among your greatest developments as a beat baseball player? Uh, probably my hitting, honestly. I'm I'm still working on the defense. It's getting there, but that's how it is for everybody. But definitely um, offense has been probably my strongest point. So I have retinitis pigmentosa. Um, I was diagnosed probably, I think it was eighth grade um, when they finally confirmed that that's what it is. And so it's just slowly um, been degenerating. I still have a good amount of um, usable eyesight, I guess you would call it. Um, but I'm actually a fourth grade math teacher. And so I do um, rely on the amount of vision I have in that, but I'm learning to do a lot of more non-visual things, even in the classroom, um, which is kind of cool because I'm, I teach differently than some other teachers might teach. And so just kind of adapting on a day-to-day -day basis with that. Um, yeah. You've developed a reputation around the league for being fast and for being, um, being someone who can who can score runs, and uh, I'm just curious, what has attributed to your success on the field? How do you train? How do you prepare? And what do you think has made you stronger as a player? Um, well, one, I'm just really competitive, and I always want to keep getting better. Just kind of motivating myself, but also I I run half marathons and mar and I actually ran my first marathon this past. Um, winter. And so just, I'm always training with running, but I'm trying to learn to train more short distance too. Um, and so I've been doing some more interval training on the side as well. I think what's really cool about you is that you're always out there encouraging the team. You've got a very positive attitude. How do you balance competitiveness and like your own personal competitiveness and encouraging your team of a lot of young players to also stay motivated. How do you, how do you do that as a leader? It's pretty hard, honestly, at times because we have such a interesting dynamic of, um, kind of a lot of us are pretty competitive. Some are younger, like you were saying. And so probably the way I'm able to do it is because I'm an elementary school teacher. So I can kind of, I don't know, I feel like I can kind of relate to, not that they're that young, but relate to them um, as kids. And so like, hey guys, if we do this, you know, their whole, how they want ice cream or things like that. So, uh, <laughs> um, and just kind of motivating them to also want to succeed personally not just as a team, but trying to find what helps each person, I guess, want to be successful and just staying positive because I know, you know, in all, all aspects, the second you start getting negative, um, it doesn't really, it doesn't really help anything or anybody. So staying, staying positive. 
One cool thing that I don't think a lot of people know about the BCS Outlaws is that your dad is also the pitcher for the team. What has that been like to work with your dad? It's awesome. Um, I I look forward to spending that extra time with my dad and getting to um, work with him. And he's very competitive, like probably a little more competitive than me. So it's it's really fun because you know, the rest of my family is not as competitive. So it's kind of one thing that the two of us can do together. And um, we're both like really excited to see this team continue to improve. So it's a lot of fun. You had mentioned that you had been involved in competitive sports before. Had your eyesight ever limited you in those sports? Yeah, for sure. Um, I tried out in high school. I had played competitive volleyball in middle school. And that's kind of how we knew that I... um, was having some vision stuff because I tried out for the high school team and I didn't make it because I couldn't see the ball in contrast with the light. And so it was really discouraging um, my freshman year of high school and everybody, you know, is making the team that they had all been preparing to make. And so, yeah, I actually didn't get to play volleyball. I tried out for the soccer team, same thing. Trials were at night and I couldn't see really anything, um, which was a little scary, honestly. Um, and then I... Also with cross country, like we practiced in the morning when it was still dark and I couldn't see a thing. And so I would run like 16 laps on the track instead of, um, running the course or I would run with a buddy. Um, so yeah, there's definitely been challenges for sure. Why do you want to do this? Why do you want to play beat baseball? Why invest your time and your energy in something like this? I really love everything about beat baseball and, really just another chance for me to get to do something competitive and really improve. And it's the first sport that I've been a part of where my eyesight didn't hinder my abilities, but it's actually like qualified me to play the game and, um, losing my sights actually helping me in this game. And so, um, that's one thing that just really, you know, motivates me. And I love getting to come together with people who have similar, um, circumstances and can relate to me on multiple levels and also want to be just as competitive as me. And so it's a lot of fun. Just that's why I want to stick with it. Cause everybody else is, everyone on our team is all in. And so it's just fun getting to grow together and, um, improve. I really like watching kids and young people get involved with the game because I think, you know, I got started at a, at a later age and not, not super late, but I got started later and I wish I had gotten started young like you. And so I just, I think your perspective is really cool. And I think the way you invest in your team is really cool. What are you hoping for these young kids that play on your squad? What are you hoping for them? I mean, I'm hoping that we can eventually won a championship but I just it's awesome when we played um St. Louis two years ago and got you know Hallie girl on our team who was was 16 at the time and got to she scored the run that made us win the game and what was that like the we had extra we it made us go into extra innings that's what it was and like you know we were playing for 14th place but at that point for her I mean just getting to see her she was crying and was so excited and just that is what I want I mean for our team more experiences like that what's your goal for yourself in 2019 what do you want to see out of yourself when you get to Tulsa Uh, scoring more runs I mean last year we just we didn't we didn't score many runs in Wisconsin so really just a better batting average and really getting 
more outs in the field because we also didn't really get much of those last year. So really just improving on all ends, but definitely, definitely a better batting average. Well, Hillary, best of luck as you practice, get in some good reps. I know that uh, our team is ready to get to Tulsa and I'm ready to see what these young kids are going to do. They are the future of the NBBA. And that's what this game is all about, right? It's about empowering people, putting people in big spots so that they can find confidence, they can exceed, they can grow. That's what we're all about. And that's what Take 30 is all about. This has been another awesome episode. It's been great to share time with you. We are telling stories from across the league, and we want to make sure that we're telling yours. If you know of something that we should be talking about and it's not been on the show, make sure that you hit us up at podcast at nbba.org. That's podcast at nbba.org. That's your direct line to Steve and I so that we can know what's going on around the league and we can be talking about it. We don't know unless you tell us. This is your show. It's not ours. It is not our show. We want it to be about you, about the exciting things you're doing that you know are happening around the league. We will see you in April. Thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and we will see you next month.